welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leland McRae. Joe, we have plenty of PowerPoint stuff to go over, but I want to talk about the games that happened last week first um, as we dive in. Then we'll dive into the next games and what that means for PowerPoints. So Chip and I, without you, were at Stanton where the Storm lost their second in a row and uh, the Gladiators came away with a 35 nothing win, a shutout, obviously, there. And the, it seems to me like the Riverhead's defense, not that it was ever way off or anything like that, but it's just coming together at the right time. Because I know the Stanton offense has, has been explosive at times this year. I mean, they're, through the first four games, they're averaging 40 points a game. They've kind of fallen off since then, but still their passing game, their attack is what a lot of teams have been trying to do to Riverhead's lately and, and finding some success. And Riverhead's absolutely shut it down this week with Stanton and not a, didn't even allow him past the 30-yard line. Um, so just a great defensive performance and, uh, you know, just kind of more evidence of Riverhead's kind of getting everything together at the right time. Yeah, and, you know, you said the offense had been putting up 40 points a game in their first four games. I think some of that is, you know, look at the schedule, look at the opponents, right? Yeah. Um, so now that they're getting – and we had said coming into the last three weeks, this is the toughest part of their schedule. How are they going to do with that? And we had some concerns. We didn't think they'd lose all three, but that's a real possibility now going into the last week of the they've season. They've lost two now, yeah. They've lost two. <laughs> so, yeah, they could yeah. lose three and be seven and three. But I think um, – you know, and I had talked to you on my way back from Richmond about this game and – kind of asked, you know, was it the same thing against Scap? Was it side-to-side plays? And you said nothing was working. Whether they went down the field or side-to-side, it just wasn't working against Riverheads. Riverheads had a game plan, and they executed. And, hey, Riverheads' defense is, I think, uh, no shot to the other defenses they've seen in his face, but Riverheads' defense is the best defense they've played this year, and and you see that with them getting shut out uh, 35 nothing and holding down a high-powered offense. The key for Stanton is going to be you can't let these last two weeks stick in your head. You have got to come focused for this season finale because despite being seven and two right now, you still have some serious goals ahead of you that you can accomplish. And I think for Stanton, it's, it's super critical to focus on what you can control. Don't worry about other stuff and other PowerPoint stuff. You have to come ready to play. And that means that, you know, you got to find a way to get Walker Darby involved. You got to worry ab- about how to get uh, Jeffra back involved. Fields needs to be able to uh, get the ground game going a little bit. I, I know what Wilson's defense did against Gap this past week, and we'll talk about that here in a second. I still think that defense is, in large part, susceptible to giving up points, especially to a team like Stanton. So, what yeah. Stanton needs to do. And you hear this from coaches all the time. We're going to worry about what we can control. And so for Stanton on offense, that means you've got to get the ball to your playmakers. It means you cannot turn the ball over. If they do that, I think they still have you know an 8-2 and two season, which is a great season. Probably gives them a good shot at home playoff game. And But if not, you know, you're fifth. And I, I like the team that you're potentially going to see out of that. So yeah. um, I, I think, you know, again, it's... It's all about controlling what you can control. And on the defensive side, Wilson's offense put up a ton of points against Buffalo Gap, which would be a little concerning for me. Um, But that being said, 
their offense isn't as good as Riverhead's. So I think they'll be okay. I think what Wilson is going to try to rely on a little bit is going to be that short to intermediate passing him. I do think that helps Stanton. I think their defense is really, really good at taking that away. My question is going to be, can that front seven be able to force them into passing situations? Against Buffalo Gap, that wasn't happening. And so that would be my concern is the upfront line play. Yeah, and you talked about that Wilson game. They scored 42 points, 42-20 to 20 win over Buffalo Gap in Swope. And, uh, yeah, they, they mixed it up really well. 211 yards passing, 234 yards rushing. So no matter what Gap tried to shut down, Wilson had the answer in another area and, you know, just played that game the whole night. Aiden Pogorski, 14 for 19, 211, three touchdowns. He, he keeps having these games of, like, you can't ask any more from this kid. You know, like, and, and that's I, – I, I love this for him. Like, I feel like we might have been a little tough on him. I think I, think I was, to be fair. I, I think in the preseason I said Wilson was the team I thought could take a step back, and I just didn't know if Aiden Pogorski would be up for the challenge because I thought they needed that dynamic in their offense – paired with Tyree, paired with Mundy, um, to to really get moving. And I, I was just worried it wasn't there. And so, obviously, his dad being the offensive coordinator has made a difference, and I love it. I, you know, I love that I was wrong on this, and I love when these kids step up to the challenge, and, and he's definitely done that. And it's just another week of him stepping up the challenge, and he's going to have to do it again. You know, we're already kind of talking about these games looking ahead. He's going to have to do it again because Stanton's defense has – for the most part this season, been really good against the run. They've really shut down some run. And even with Buffalo Gap, it's not like they were giving up big run plays. Wilson's going to have to have a way to attack past that. I don't think Wilson's as patient as Buffalo Gap is to get those, you know, six fourth downs. I, I just don't see them getting to that and being in the position of all those being short yardage situations. So I, I think Wilson's going to need that passing game mixed in, that short intermediate I, I think could come in handy. They're going to have to probably have a shot or two as well. So I think it, it sets up for a really fun game that, you know, does have some meaning and we'll get to that in a minute, but I was surprised with that outcome. I, I picked Buffalo gap in that game from how impressive they were the week before against Stanton. I just thought, you know, I, I guess the phrase I kept saying is if they execute whatever their game plan is, if they execute it the way that they get in Stanton, they're going to, you know, easily beat Wilson. They obviously didn't do that. They, they, I think they opened the game up scoring, but then never stopped Wilson from scoring. I think Wilson scored on every one of their first half possessions and just gap offense tailed off there and they just couldn't get it, couldn't keep it going. And once they got behind it, I think it just mushroom cloud from there. So, you know, gap gave up, you know, 171 yards rushing to Tyree. They gave up the 211 yards to Bregorski pass. And it's just, that's just a terrible defensive game for Buffalo Gap, which the defense is something they've kind of leaned on this year, especially in wins. So as soon as that wasn't going their way, they didn't have it. So, uh, yeah, I think that sets up a really cool game there with Stanton, with stuff on the line. It, um, you know, Buffalo Gap's going to go over to Fort uh, – or, or is going to have Fort Defiance, and we can breeze past that one. That one doesn't mean anything, really, because Fort Defiance is out. Buffalo Gap is going to be the three seed in 1B. I'll talk about how that – um, how, how that's the case here in a minute. So that game really doesn't have a lot of line other than bragging rights. But you have this Stewart's draft team coming off the game of Fort Defiance. They only oh, won whoa, 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 whoa. Before go. you go. go off this game, I want to talk about this game before you bounce through it, uh, uh, even though you started to exit ramp it. Um, I, I talked to you. I, 
this is to me why I think maybe the Shenandoah district beginning of the year, we were saying this district is so great. This is uh, an amazing district. Now I'm thinking maybe it's just a lot. It's riverheads and then it's some high to low grade mediocre. Um, I don't know. It's just like hard for me to completely buy into that because they did so well in the non-district. Like all these teams. Had, okay. Like, but who did they play in the non-district? Who did they play in the non-district? Leland they only play who they play. And like, there okay, is but if they don't play anybody there. good, that doesn't make them good by beating bad teams. It means they're mediocre. That's what mediocre does. I just like the consistency and winning in the early well, when season. Stewart's where draft gets punked, when Stewart's draft gets punked in the two B playoffs, I'm just going to say, I told you so. Well, and that's where I was trying to get to. <laughs> but before Your we leave this game, hold on, whoa, 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 before we talk about draft. I think I, I, I came away at this unimpressed with Buffalo Gap. This gives me concerns because this is a defense that against Stanton, who I thought was a better offense than Wilson Memorial coming into this week, um, they, they took everything away. And this week they didn't take anything away. They, they gave up passes. They gave up runs. I don't. I've seen Wilson and Stanton. I don't come away that Wilson's offensive line is necessarily that much bigger than Stanton's. Uh, do you think I'm wrong there? No, I, I, I think it's just all these matchups. That's kind of how I read these district games where everybody's beating up on each other. I, you know, like I think you said it a week ago where, yeah, Buffalo Gap lost to Stewart's draft, but if they played again, you know, like I don't know. It's just all about these matchups and like one team kind of facing another one better and. You know, Gap had what it took to take on Stanton well, but then, yeah, they lost to Stewart's draft, who Stanton had beaten. Like, I just think it's some of these individual matchups more so telling that story. I I guess my problem with Gap, and, and this is still looking ahead, is that I just don't respect Region 1B enough to really – like what? Sure. What are they not going to achieve? What? Where are they not going to get to that we I thought they I, would? Like, so maybe maybe they get knocked off by Central Lindbergh. And, okay, and but then, then that's them be. not being very good. But that let's but call a spade a spade. Until that happens, I'm not going to say it's going to happen because I don't think it will happen. I think they'll beat Central Lindbergh. I don't have respect for <laughs> this that. This is region. a team that is going to be six and four. That's one game above 500, or two games above 500. But I mean, it's yeah, it's one game away from being 500. Is my point. Like yeah. that's that's not good. No, their schedule's this hasn't not been their best that season. good. And and that's what we got worried when they lost when Buffalo Gap lost to Larray. We kind of that's what we recoiled and oh Buffalo Gap's not as good as we thought they were. Then we thought Larray was a lot better, and then like now we're just on this mixture area. Like I, I guess if you're gonna say Shenandoah District's not as good, maybe the side of the state's just not as good right now. Maybe there's you know hey, one team there's that a lot in that. Out. Yep. And so, like, maybe the bull run, they're all beaten up on each other as well. And so, I, you know, we'll have to see deep in the playoffs what all this means. But it, I think the 2B playoffs are going to be fun because I think really anything could happen. Because I think when teams play their best, the bottom can beat the top. And when teams play the worst, the top can lose to anybody. So an example of that is Stewart's Draft, who played Fort Defiance, didn't play their best game, only won 10 to seven against a team that had gotten bounced by Riverheads uh, the week before had gotten bounced by Wilson earlier in the season. Uh, you know, I would assume Buffalo Gap will take care of next week. I credit for defiance because when they played Stanton, they held tough. And now when they played Stewart's draft, they held tough. I, I'll give them some credit, but this just still opens those questions. Every question we have about Stewart's draft that, you know, them beating gap started to solve and, 
them beating Wilson started to solve. Now it's right back in our faces. And we, you know, they only scored 10 points against this Fort Defiance team that has just been given up so many points throughout the season, better than last year, but still given up, you know, 24 points a game this season. I to only score 10 points on that defense just shocked me. That was the most shocking score of Friday night in the state for me was Stewart's trapped only beating Fort Defiance by, by three. Um, it was interesting how it went with early touchdowns by the quarterbacks, both 86 yard touchdown quarterback runs in the first quarter. And then Stewart's traps only able to add a field goal in the third quarter. That's the difference in the ball game. I, it's just amazing to me that that was a score and Landon Graber, it took that big play for him running and a big interception late for them to win that thing. But we're so used to Stewart's draft, just like, yeah, Aaron Nice was leading that team, no doubt about it. But you would you had a lot of other people to talk about. You had the guys coming on Jet Sweep. You had all these different guys to talk about. And this year, it's just you know, your Landon Graber is about the only name you're consistently saying. And it's just, you know, I I keep trying to prop them up and tear them down at the same time. I, like they're not as good as they have been, but like I don't know where they have fallen to. They're still seven and two team. That's still every every other team in the district wishes they were seven and two right now other than Riverheads. Like Stanton everybody would take that record, but it, you yeah. just have so many questions about Stewart's draft. And when you've made it to state championship games multiple years in a row, you know, with some of these guys on that roster, it's just that's not the standard there. So in no way do I think they're getting back to that spot. I, I think it'd be really surprising if they make it out of 2B. I, they would have to really go on a tear that they haven't played a consistent three-game stretch yet this season. I don't know why all of a sudden they're going to do it in November. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, 7-2, and two, okay. They're 7-3. and three. They're, not, they're not winning next week. This offense is incapable of putting up enough points to beat Riverheads. I know, when, I know you know, when they're being interviewed, they're saying, you know, we figured out our offense and it's clicking now. We can't wait to show everybody. And then you go out and score 10 points against Ford Defiance. That's not showing me anything other than, uh-oh. This is, this is not a good football team. This is, when I say the Jindua district maybe is just a lot of mediocre, this is poster child mediocre to me. Yeah, this is a team that them, not yeah. only, I know the record looks good, but they are scraping by some games they should not be scraping by. And that is a cause for concern. This is a team that I think when they get in that 2B playoffs, they're going to play some teams from the bull run that I do think is a better district than the Shenandoah district this year. And I think they're going to show it. I Stewart's draft ain't coming out of that thing. If yeah, I think the top is better. I, Stewart's I draft that. wins a game. It will be a shock. They won't win two. Yeah, they're going to really hope for the best positioning possible for them to win a game. Uh, Waynesboro, they lost to TA kind of as expected, 44 to 21. Um, and, uh, that's that. They'll wrap up their season with Broadway this week. Nothing really on the line there. So we do have Stewart's draft and Riverheads. What's on the line there between these two rivals where that Riverheads has won the last six, 12 of the last 13. So for rivalry and how tight you think this series is, Riverheads is still dominated. There's been some close ones in there, but only one Stewart's draft victory. What's on the line there is all about basically Stewart's draft positioning. Uh, Riverheads is going to be a top two seed, win or lose. Uh, we all predict that they will win. That'll give them one seat throughout. Um, but it's all about Stuart Straff positioning in that ball game. So let's well, talk about two B while we're talking about that. Shenandoah district title too. Apparently in the Shenandoah district, it's a shared title. Even if you win the head to head, it's a shared title. That's dumb. 
if Stewart Straff, I tell you what, if Stewart Straff wins this, they're the Shenandoah District champion. Yeah. So I guess that's on the line. But in 2B, the eight participants that'll be in 2B are set. Just seating to be decided. East Rock is, I believe, in that eight spot right now. They're going to be in. Page County is the first one out right now. They can't get in. So the eight participants are set. We just got to see where they all stand. Strasburg, who's number one right now, plays number three Central Woodstock this week. If Strasburg wins that game, they're the one seed. If Central Woodstock wins, it's going to kind of depend on what LaRae's doing, who's currently the two seed, and stuff like that. So that's kind of those top three spots. Stewart's draft can be anywhere from number two to number eight, depending on what they do in this game against Riverheads. If they win and the things go right ahead of them, they can get all the way up to number two. I don't think that's likely. Even if they beat Riverheads, I think number three is kind of where you would see them land. Um, if they lose, they can drop to eight. I don't think they'll go all the way that. I think they'll be in that six, seven area. That's much more likely for them. And, uh, you know, draft is just going to be wanting all of their, every team, every team I talk about today, whoever you've already played this season, you want them to win. And if you beat one team and lost to the other and they're playing each other, you want the team you beat to, to win. So that's, that's what Stewart's draft will be hoping for. My crystal ball here. I don't think we have theme music for that this week or anything, but, uh, Leland's crystal ball. I think draft might take the loss this week to Riverheads. And I think they'll finish in the sixth seed. And I think it's going to set up for them to go back to Central Woodstock, which will be interesting and uh, probably not tell a good story for them. Because I, I thought they were better last year yep. when they went into that game. I thought they'd win that game at Central Woodstock. And they did not come away with the win. They, Central won that going away. I, I, I worry about that matchup for them. Stewart Strap, that's what I think will happen. Stewart Strap needs to hope for that 4-5 game or just not getting – one of those current top three seed teams, uh, three seed seeded teams up at the top right now. So um, that'll be interesting. Draft's got to win and then worry about riders for them to be in the spot they want to be in. Uh, not no, exactly. They better what start I watching riders. They better start watching riders because they ain't winning. Stanton at Wilson. Uh, Wilson's won four straight in those matchups. Stanton last one in two, 2017. Uh, what's on the line there? It's all about the 3C positioning. So what we know in 3C, LCA is locked up at the number one seat. They cannot get out of that one seat. Heritage locked in that number two seat. So what does that tell you? You don't want to be seven or eight. You don't want to be traveling to Lynchburg to play either one of those teams. Brookfield's you don't really want to be six three. either. Yeah. Yeah. Brookfield's currently the three, the three seed. They don't, they aren't locked in there. They can be played with there a little bit. So the Stanton-Wilson game, very likely, and so I'm not saying this is the max that they can do, but very likely I think the winner of this Stanton-Wilson game will be in that 4-5 or five game in one of those two spots. Stanton has that better chance of it being the four seed for them if they win that game. Uh, they could possibly get to the three seed, but they're going to depend on a lot of riders. They really don't have any given riders after this week. They're going to they have like 16 possible riders this week. So they're really going to be watching what other teams are doing to help kind of move them up the positioning uh, after they play this game. So, I think uh Stanton if they win, they'll be the 4 seed. I think if Wilson wins this, I think it's going to be hard for them to get to that 4 seed, but I still think they can get to that 5 seed. The loser still in the playoffs, still going to be in there somewhere anywhere from 6 to 8, I believe. Um and uh, like I said, Stanton kind of has a chance to be on the higher end of, the, of that range. Um, Rockbridge is at the nine spot. They're technically still available to get in the playoffs there.
but it's very, very slim and they need everything to go their way, including Rustburg losing and then riders to every, everything go their way. So that's the only, only nine teams even available there. That means Fort Defiance, Waynesboro, if they weren't officially out already, they are now. So my crystal ball on three C I got, I think Wilson at this point, I, I honestly, I think Wilson wins this game. I think Wilson beats Stanton. Um, I, I don't know. I guess I'm a, I'm a product of just what I saw last. I did this last week and I thought Buffalo gap all of a sudden is good. And now, I, now I'm feeling it for Wilson. Maybe by Friday I change. I don't know. Yeah. But I just have this gut feeling that like Stanton and maybe it's past. And, and we, and I have commended Stanton for this all year, how they haven't put their heads down and they fought back in games and they've, they've done things that we haven't seen them do in the past. I just don't losing two in a row down the stretch after starting undefeated. I just, I, I don't know about their mental game right now. I, I hope, uh, Coach Bell has them going right. Um, I will I say, well, I, I will say, I think this is a much better matchup than Buffalo Gap and Riverheads for them. If you had sure. said going into those last three games, Stanton's only going to win one of these. Which one is it? I would have said Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Wilson's playing better. I, Wilson, Wilson's coming off a big win. That's going to be in their head. That look, we we mentioned and praised, rightfully so. Pagorski has looked really much better this year. But there's still been a few games where he turns the ball over a little bit. And if that happens yeah. against Stanton, which is a defense that has forced a lot of turnovers, Stanton can win this game. No problem. But can they do that? That's the question, right? And um, I, so I, I, seen this arc in Stanton, I will I say this. Yeah. I will say this. I understand, you know, Radio's doing Riverhead's draft. That's the Shandoah District titles on the line. It's the two best teams in the Shandoah District playing each other. I get it. This is game of the week for me because I don't know who's going to win between Wilson and Stanton. I think yeah, this is I think this is a better matchup. Fair point. Um, my crystal ball here at the moment, I think Wilson's going to win. I could change by Friday. I think they'll win, finish in that five spot. I think they'll have to go play at TA. I think they'll beat TA. So that's my prediction there. I think if Stanton then loses that game, uh, they'll be in that seven spot. They'll go to Heritage. I don't necessarily want to talk about what will happen down there, but it won't be pretty. Um, Correct. But – if, if Leland's crystal ball is wrong and Stanton wins, they could be that four seed. They could be hosting TA or something like that. So that'd be cool. Um, all right. And then Buffalo gap Fort defiance. Like I said, nothing really on the line there. Buffalo gap is going to be the number three seed. We know that for sure. Win or lose. They're in that three seed because central Lunenburg, they won last week that locked them into a top two seed riverheads. They control the destiny here of what happens in the top of this bracket. If they win, they're the number one seed. They're going to be home throughout the playoffs. If they lose, they're only dropped to the two seats. So no matter what, Riverheads will have a third bye week of the season uh, next week in the first round of the playoffs here. Interesting, in the 1B playoffs, the four and five seeds already set with Central, uh, Sussex Central and Franklin. They're, they're going to be the four and five seeds no matter what. And so that those two teams will face each other next week in the playoffs. Whoever wins that game will go play the number one seed if that happens to be Riverheads. Um, so that's what we're seeing here. I think gaps playoff, you know, my, my crystal ball, I think Riverheads wins. I think they'll be home throughout the hub, the bye week. I think Buffalo gap will be the three seed. Cause that's already a lock. I think they'll beat the six seed, whoever that is. It could be um, one of a couple teams down there. Then I think they have central Lunenburg. I, I just have not seen stuff out of central Lunenburg. The little bit of clips that I've seen, I'm just not seeing what I think will take to beat Buffalo gap, especially last year when I thought, Buffalo Gap was maybe more susceptible to losing last year, and they really took care of Central Lunenburg. I think uh, I just I'm I, I'm probably 
home bias. So I think both. I was going to say Central Lunenburg did beat Buckingham in the region championship one more time. Yeah, Central Lunenburg did beat uh, Buckingham, and I think Buckingham is pretty equivalent to Stewart's draft. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We will. I mean, they'll play the games. I mean, I got my local bias. I know. I know. I have. That's that, fine. So that's, I'm telling you. Yeah, and I don't. And that's why I, when I say I think there there's a lot of mediocre going on here, and I I think I say that because I don't have these ties to these schools. I don't know a lot of people that went to any of these schools other than a handful of people. But and I, you know, it's not. I didn't know them then, so I don't have like the emotional tie to the school. I. I that's fine. I, I do think this is a down year for the Shenandoah district as a whole. I think Riverheads isn't as good as they normally are. Now, they're still a really great team. They're going to win the Class 1 state championship. I don't think there's going to be much of a struggle in any of it, if any struggle in any of it. i put this Riverheads team up against any of those first three state championship teams they had when, you know, before the, the scale okay, out, of, out of whack. That's like fair. where Riverheads winning six straight state championships, doing something that's never been done in the state of Virginia before, just having this incredible run that you, you couldn't even have a chance of predicting. I think I put this team up against any of those. I think they're in that ballpark easily. I think they can win a state championship uh, this year. And uh, I don't know I if I'd put them up against last year's team. Games, so. I don't think I'd put them up against last year's team or the year before that. Yeah, I think that's why I phrased it the first three, but that, that's fine. That's but fine. then you well, said, I mean, but then you said the run, I put them up against any of those teams, and I, yeah, I just wanted to make sure you spoke, were saying I, just I the first right three the first years time. of that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I I was with you, I, and then I, when you threw that last caveat in, I just wanted to make sure we were still talking about the same thing. We're we are we're talking about the same thing. First so three years of that run. PowerPoint, yeah. Go ahead. PowerPoint breakdowns there. There'll be more of it on Friday <laughs> on the radio. If you want it, I'll probably also be tweeting on Friday night. Um, so uh, I think I, I like this year's lineup a lot easier. Like as soon as I saw the PowerPoints and what they were, I could kind of tell that, hey, we had some – everybody, we, we, we know who's going to be in and we know who's going to be out. We're not really afraid of people losing their playoff spots. So I like that on the last week of the season. I like that we pretty much know – or we do know those teams are in, those two teams are out, and uh, we'll go from there. So it's all about the positioning. I I think it would be better for the Shenandoah district if Stanton wins because that way they could host a playoff game potentially, maybe see a more favorable matchup, maybe have a better chance of winning a playoff game um, than if Wilson wins and then has to travel and, you know, things get weird in the playoffs on the road. So I, I think that would be make the Shenandoah district look better in the long run. I, I think Stewart's draft getting a favorable spot is what the Shenandoah district wants too. And I, I think what I think is going to happen, isn't going to create that. So um, if they can find themselves in that four or five spot, that'd be really good for them. Uh, Gap, Gap will have a home playoff game too. Yeah, I guess. I, yeah, they will. Again, I just, I'm not going to beat my chest about one B. Okay. That's fair. I wouldn't either. I don't think I just don't think Central Lumberg is that great. Like I, I okay. when they go into that game, I will pick Buffalo Gap. That's I know fine. it. So I'll beat my chest if one B wins the state championship, but like until then, I, you know, like I think if one B wins the state championship from the West is more impressive than anybody than one than beating anybody from one B. So if one B wins the state championship. <laughs> 
I still use the word if, man. Okay. That's again, I'm not from here, so I don't have to. It's not if. It's when. <laughs> Essex, feel good about yourself. You're playing a, de- a Riverheads team that's not as good as they were the last two years. They're still good enough to beat you by three scores. Yeah. Okay, make up that 30 points, 30 plus, whatever it was. Ain't going to do it. All right. Let's talk about volleyball. Um, we are in the postseason. It began tonight, and Wilson already got a win over TA. They swept the Knights, and that puts them right back at a game tomorrow night at Fort Defiance. Uh, the number eight Wilson team will go to Fort Defiance. Fort Defiance did wrap up that regular season 12 and 0, everything that we expected there. Nine straight sweeps down the stretch of the season. Um, Wilson's the only team to get a set off of Fort Defiance in the district season. Um, they're going to have to get three against them tomorrow night to uh, change that. I, I don't really want that to happen. I know these are two local teams playing, so one of them's got to win. So I'd rather the one seed win that has a chance of going deeper. Um, I also like that for this program that seemed to struggle to get over the hump there for some years to finally now be the one seed and kind of feel like that top dog in that region. They got um, Spotswood and, and, and uh, Rockbridge County. They play each other in this first round, and they're in the bottom of the bracket. So they're not going to see both of those teams or something like that. They're only going to have to see one of them, and it would be in the championship game. So, uh, but there's other good teams in that region. They're they're going to have they're going to get tested by the end of that region tournament. So uh, that'll be interesting. Yeah, my and I think that's that's probably the best shot of a team doing anything in volleyball for the Shenandoah District this year is Fort. Yeah, I kind of agree because I look at class one and I know Riverheads has been to four straight state championships. So how do you, you know, they won the region four times in a row. They've done this and all that so many times in a row. They just, they don't seem to have what they had these past years. And even when I thought they could come on strong down the stretch and kind of prove me different and make me, make me think they had that. I did not like how they finished the regular season, five games at Waynesboro last week and then losing to Stewart's draft. I really would have wanted to see them win both of those games, both of those uh, matchups kind of convincingly. And, you know, five games against Waynesboro, someone at the bottom of the district, not impressive. And then losing to Stewart's draft, I, I didn't like that either. So hopefully, hopefully they can prove me wrong and get out of this region, but then still winning past that and beating someone from um, region A and all that. So I just, I, I think that's asking a lot out of this team this year. I and uh, yeah, I encourage them to prove me wrong. Buffalo Gap is in that. Uh, excuse me, so Riverheads does play on Tuesday night uh, against that uh, Appomattox Regional Governor School. It's a six o'clock uh, game at Riverheads, and then Buffalo Gap they're on the road at Central Lunenburg on Tuesday. So that's the one B matchups there. Um, if Gap was able to win that game, they'd be looking to play at Alta Vista on Thursday. If Riverheads is able to win their game, they'd be looking to play at Rappahannock on Thursday. And then the Cougars, they have at Central Woodstock, the number four seed on Tuesday night. So a lot of this volleyball is going to get figured out Tuesday night. And I think we're going to lose a couple teams there Tuesday night. So uh, it's, it, well, I think we have at least decent volleyball in this area, but I think it's really just Fort leading more so this year than usual. I, I, I just doesn't feel like a year Riverhead is going to go as deep. It doesn't seem like Buffalo Gap's quite as good, you know? So I just, I say there's potential we could lose all of them except for one yeah i would be surprised if riverheads loses that first round game but yeah could, but we have said if, if we just told said me only one team is in the region championship yeah. game I, I probably wouldn't argue too hard yeah i'm just i'm not 
disagreeing. I'm not saying Riverheads doesn't have yeah. a shot against a Appomattox Regional Governor's School. I'm just saying we did just yeah. get saying they have been a little disappointing down the stretch. Yeah, I still think they're better than that team. I've seen them play them in the playoffs before from what they usually produce. I don't know. But that Rappahannock County team, pretty good. So uh, pretty good program. Yep. So uh, that's, a, I think, a team they've had to play twice before in a postseason and stuff. So they know how to win postseason games. They're not going to be scared of Riverheads rolling up in there. They're not going to care that Riverheads has won a bunch of region championships in a row. They're not going to care. Um. All right, so that's the volleyball look. Competition cheer does move forward. Uh, draft did win Region 2B last week when they hosted it. They won by a lot. Uh, so they get to go to the Siegel Center on this Saturday, and uh, they joined Wilson and Fort that are already had punched their tickets. So we have three local teams in competition cheer on Saturday. So watch the Twitter feeds and whatever way, else way you get high school updates on Saturday because those updates will be coming out. And uh, hopefully we can get a, you know, Sears Drafts won some state championships. Wilson and Ford have been around before. It'd be nice to, you know, have some deep runs on Saturday out of those squads. It would be. Uh, we'd, we'd love to see them find a way to, we'd love to see draft win states. And we'd love to see our other Damn, teams, yeah. Wilson and Fort, look great. I have no scouting on competition cheers. <laughs> and try to win those two. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be, but the top three teams from the Shenandoah district are all going to the state tournament, which is great cool. at the Siegel Center. Yeah. We'd love to see him win. Um, obviously, with Fort and Wilson, only one of them could win. But right. we'll, we'll hope one of them wins and draft wins, and we get two state champions in competition cheer. And it's interesting. You know, they do those rounds where, like, they, they do their whole um, performance, and then they get graded, and that gets them to advance. And then those scores go away, and they have to perform again. So, you know, it's just that, like, you know, consistency in close to perfection or, or even perfection is what it takes sure. there. And that's, that's a fun way of going about things. Now I never like when humans are judging humans. I, I like it when there's I do. balls I going through point, going through baskets or crossing plates or into end zones. Um, but Hey, it makes it dramatic, right? Yeah, no, I agree. Judging sports is just, I don't know. I don't it's like tough. humans. Humans make errors. That they do. So, uh, we're going to talk about college football and we'll get to human, <laughs> human Lots errors. Lots of errors. Built on human error. <laughs> Lots of but errors. We'll talk about Virginia tech and their errors first. And what drove you crazy about that game where they lost to NC state last Thursday, 22 to 21 is it was a terrible first half, just ugly. And then tech comes out and it's like, they put everything together for nine minutes and it's like the only good nine minutes of the season. <laughs> they just throw in deep touchdowns and getting stops and throw in deep touchdowns. It just was so awesome for nine minutes. I wish we could have bottled that up and just stretched it out a little bit longer because after we get to 21, then our defense just stops. And they had played a great game up to that point. And uh, they did not play a fourth quarter. And they, they lost an 18-point lead. And, you know, I came into that game with, like, expectations set the right way to be happy after it where I just wanted to see improvement. And then during that third quarter, I was like, Hey, look improvement. But then it was so good there for a minute that it got my hopes back in the mix. And as a game, we should have won even, even with the team that we have on the field, like we should have won that game. When you're up 18 points in the third quarter, you win those games and we didn't. So they just still found a way to just wreck me. And uh, it wasn't fun. <laughs> it just wasn't fun. So, yes. 
after the third quarter, I think I texted you. I was like, I don't know who's calling plays this third quarter, but that guy needs a raise. Because it just didn't seem like it was the same offense, like at all. It was it was different. We were shooting, taking shots down the field. They were hitting the shots down the field. Wells looked like a different quarterback to the point where I was like, I don't know who we put in there. Maybe we found Michael Brewer and just shoved him in his uniform. I don't know. But (laughs) it was working. And then when when we go up 21 to three, that kind of felt like I I almost now I didn't. I almost texted you oh. that's ball game, <laughs> like the projection gift. Um, but I was like, let me wait until the fourth quarter starts. And when the fourth quarter, it was honestly like Matthew Barry and Dan Mullen the whole time were like, oh, what a both teams have looked great this second half. They're playing a much better second half. And I'm like, both teams have played a good quarter. Like Virginia Tech's good quarter was in the third and NC State's was in the fourth. And NC State's fourth quarter was good enough to beat us. And I don't know who that kid that was returning kicks is. Look, cut him. Either from the roster or with the machete. I don't really care at this point. But don't want to see him back there again. That was awful. That Watching him return kicks, I was like, look. Um, I, I mean, I'll do it to get my books paid for. I'll go return a kick. I can do that. I can drop it on the field and maybe pick it up before someone comes and murders me. But... I just that he killed us. He killed us on those two drives, which absolutely brought NC State back. I really do think if yeah. he hasn't, if he doesn't drop both of those, Virginia Tech maybe finds a way to steal a win because we're not under the shadow of our own goalpost. Maybe we're taking some more shots downfield on first and second down instead of waiting till third down. And the other thing that killed him was the injury. Uh, whose name's escaping me now? The running back uh, Caldwell. Is that right? Hey, no. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, Thomas, uh, Malachi Thomas, Malachi Thomas. I don't know why I call well in my head. Malachi Thomas. Um, yeah, when he got hurt, I was like, uh oh, and our run game changes like Holston's not that good. And it's just the offense came to a grinding halt. We played worse. And I texted you this the next day and you didn't reply, um, which is whatever. Right. Because I hate you. Yeah, that's what I took it as. Um. Yeah, but I don't even know if we accomplish your like realistic goal of just look better because we looked good. And then we looked like we have the re- the whole rest of the year in the fourth quarter. And I was like, at least we had a moment where we. I don't think good. that's I improving, though. Like, that. I think that's regressing back to what we are. And I'm like, uh oh, just lost twenty two to three. That would have been, been better. That would have been better. It hurt me less. <laughs> Because like you, I I started to believe. I was like, we're going to win this game. We're beating a top 25 team. Now, do I think NC State is a top 25 team when they don't have their starting quarterback? No. But I'll take a win. The number was still there. The number was still there. We would have been 3-5 and playing another 3-5 and team in Georgia Tech. And if you win that, then you're 4-5. and And, you know, UVA is on the schedule. You just got to find another team to beat, and you can get into a bowl game. Uh, No bowl game now. That's dead. So Yeah, that's dead. Yeah, we ain't beating Liberty. Nope. Uh, the thing is, I went through – so that happened Thursday. Mm-hmm. There was text messages Thursday night that I didn't enjoy. Friday, I hear a lot of crap talk from people that are fans of a, of a team close here that will end up playing at one point. And just like, oh, you guys were so bad in the first half and all that. And then, like, just have one little good spurt, and then you're just bad again. I was like, yeah, we're, we're not good. And, you know, I just, I just kind of took it and took it. Yeah. Well, then UVA played football on uh, Saturday, Ooh. and they played Miami. And, uh, hey, they went to four overtimes, and they battled, only lost by two. 
Uh, but there was no touchdown scored in that game. So I know Miami's part of that. Miami is the other team that didn't score a touchdown in that game. So, you know, they're bad too. But anything you want to say bad about Virginia Tech this year, you can say bad about UVA too. They're they're bad too. That, they are bad. Whatever rankings have them, like any kind of significantly ahead of us, no, we're just both in the same bad pool of crap. I, we're just bad. I think bad, I've, bad, I've bad. said this. I've said people who go to that game um, are serial killers. And I'm sorry, Leland, but I think you're a serial killer. You're <laughs> you're going to that game willingly. Like that. Damn. That's going to be a game. It'll go into four overtimes if you're lucky. It'll only go into four overtimes. There won't be that many field goals, though. That might be 0-0 four overtimes. The old wake game from a couple yeah. years ago. And then somebody wins it 2 nothing, like the Oscar Smith game from this past weekend in high school football. But, I, I man, this game, this was a massive game. This belonged there where as few people could watch it as possible. Hey, we're there next week. Hide it. Yeah, rightfully so. We're not good. Virginia Tech and UVA should live on regional sports network. Do not. I think the rest of the way. I think the rest of the way, it's it's a lot of that. That Virginia Tech UVA game might be regional sports network. Probably. Just I think they've been on there before. They need to hide it. They need to hide it so bad. That yeah. game should not, for any reason, be put in front of people and young children. Young children should not be able to watch that game. What instead of taking my kids to the game? Yeah, well, thank goodness. I'm just saying they should have a viewer discretion advised alert, a warning on there before the game starts. Like TVMA for bad football. Like, so yeah, th- that's bad. Those teams are awful. UVA is about to get curb stomped by UNC. Noon on Saturday on ACC Network. Oof. We got Georgia Tech, 1230. It's on the regional Masson. Or if you are way far from here, you can watch it on ESPN+. Plus. JMU, they were by week. They're getting ready for Louisville, who just beat down number 10 Wake Forest, which surprised me. I didn't think Louisville had that in them. Uh, but I think I was watching some JMU Twitter in the last day or so, and it seems like they're, the reality is there. I think things calmed down. The Twitter storm of a week ago, that was kind of ridiculous. You know, that all passed by. Things got quieter, and and – they know they have their hands full this week against Louisville, so uh, that's fair. Um, maybe they pull off the win. I'm not saying they can't go win this thing, but I, I just, I think Louisville's playing much better than they were earlier in the season, uh, especially coming off a wake game like that. They're going to be full of confidence, and that's going to be a tough, tough place to go play. Um, it has been in the past, and if they're playing with confidence, it, it even is more. So we'll see that game. It is, uh, it's what Saturday at seven. I think it's on ESPNU. Uh-huh. So. Uh, Watch out for that one. So uh, t- the ACC teams in the state of Virginia play at noon and the Sunbelt team plays at seven in the prime time. Um, so other college football from this past weekend, um, what stuck out to you? I really didn't watch much uh, college football. We'll talk about why later. But what stuck out to you on Saturday's action? God, I wish I could say the same. I was lighting money on fire at noon. Luckily, <laughs> luckily, three thirty and seven o'clock saved me. Uh, really, ten thirty is what made it official saving in baseball. But yeah, um, watching Ohio State struggle and then get past Penn State. Um, Penn State, I I will give Penn State a little more credit than I gave them. I didn't think they were going to be in that game. And at the end of the day, like Sean Clifford, who's like a seventh year senior or whatever, like 
just couldn't get it done. Um, but Oklahoma State getting obliterated yeah. by K yeah. State was surprising. That shocked me, and that's that. That was the that one hurt my parlay. I didn't have any any like not only did they lose, my parlay. Yeah, not only did they lose, they got shut out, forty eight to nothing. Like they got creamed. That might knock them out of the Big Twelve championship. Like that's the crazy part about that. They might be done. That's a team that had an outside shot at a playoff. That's gone. Yeah. Um, I was happy Tennessee just took off. From Kentucky. Oh, I'm, me too. I, I was nervous about that. I thought that game me would too. be kind of tighter. I was able to watch like the last what, 10 minutes of that game and just listen to Kirk and Chris and Kirk talk, uh, as they were kind of wrapping up the day and talking about rankings and stuff like that. Uh, that was really my only college football of the day. And, uh, but I was glad Tennessee just took care of business there and sets us up for the monster game this week, Georgia versus Tennessee, three thirty, CBS. Uh, the what a couple weeks ago we had uh, Tennessee playing uh, Alabama. That was like the weekend awesomeness. I I'm as pumped this weekend as I was then. There's good games all over the place, and that but that marquee game at three thirty, I'm just absolutely pumped about. Yeah, that's fantastic football right there. I can't wait. I mean, I know I'm going to be watching it. Tennessee and Georgia. I think honestly, I I'm hearing all over ESPN like, oh, which one's going to get in the playoff? This is an elimination game. And, it's not an elimination game, folks. Because neither one of these teams is going to lose to Alabama. If Alabama gets to the SEC championship, they're not going to lose to them. So I think both these teams are in. This is just a question of which one's the number one team and which one's the four team or the three team, number three team. Yeah, three team. Three team is how they'll do it. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't think this is an elimination game in, in its own right. I would you like put- Tennessee to win it just to be sure. But right. That's exactly what I was going to say. I, w- I don't want to be the team that loses this game and then has to sweat out the next couple weeks before that SEC champion, you know, before before the into the regular season. Because, you know, you slip up, then you're done. Especially and, uh, if this is a one-score tight game. Like, if this is a very, very – or a one-score until, like, the very end game. Like, this is going to be I, – and I think that's what it's going to be. Like, Georgia's really good. But so is yeah. Tennessee, and I think Tennessee... I don't think there's going to be 51, 52 or anything no, like that. No, it's at Georgia, be... which is yeah. something, too, that's going to be a little yep. interesting. But, um, man, it's going to be a fun I game. I the 30s and really tight. Yeah, going to be a fun game. Plenty of good games. TCU, Texas Tech at noon. Uh, I, I, I want to see more TCU. That's I, an upset alert who, game. I want to know who they are more than I do now. Um, that Liberty Arkansas game, Liberty's ranked 23rd. Mm-hmm. Now they're playing Arkansas. I that's, it's going to be on one of the TVs. And, and then there's just some games at night, Alabama, LSU. I know Alabama has lost a game. LSU's at 15. That's not too far off from, you know, meaningful football. It's going to be a good matchup. I think it's going to be interesting. You talk about Alabama. Can they go down there and win that game at LSU? That'll be interesting, but you know, Florida State Miami at 7:30. Like we talk about Alabama LSU, I'm still gonna watch it. I'm still gonna see what happens between Florida State Miami because just uh-uh. someone's gonna miss the field goal. There might be a brawl. That's the Florida game. I I just all over the place. I'm pumped. I know Wake Forest just lost. I want to see them play NC State and see what happens there. I want to see Clemson and Notre Dame. Notre Dame's playing better. I want to see if they can you know knock off Clemson at home or something. So I just I'm excited about all the football action all day. Well the. 
one of the reasons that LSU game is important is if LSU wins, LSU is going to the SEC championship. So Alabama will be dead. That's two losses. That'd be two losses. No yeah. SEC championship game. Dead. Yeah. Um, which I'd love. Yeah, it'd be cool. It'd be cool if they were knocked out one weekend in November. The that downside awesome. is it does give Brian Kelly a shot at making the playoff. Um, I don't. Want, I don't want that. I need. I need. My hope would be that Tennessee or Georgia would knock them out in an yeah. SEC championship. That would be my hope. I do LSU, not share your optimism for Florida State Miami. Oh, I don't. I don't think it'll be good football. I think it's just going to be like. Oh, I won't be watching. I won't be watching. I'll watch Texas, Kansas State. I'll watch Alabama, LSU. I will be able to have it on. Yeah, I I would not put that on. (laughs) I'd put a Disney Plus on. Or Netflix Netflix Move Art. I'd put that on. Just so I can see a nice And that's it? In conference. Oh, yeah, they um, they lost early. That's right. Um, but yeah, I, I think, look, Clemson, Notre Dame, mm-hmm. Florida state uh, Clemson has not looked good. Wouldn't be shocked to see Notre Dame. Now the bad news is Notre Dame plays awful at home. Yeah. But maybe Notre Dame can ask to move this game to Clemson where they might win. But <laughs> can we talk about that? That kid from Syracuse really pissed me off at noon greatest quarterback they've had since Donovan McNabb so accurate so good what does he do the first play hits the kid from Notre Dame right in the chest pick six and I was and he he was making the wrong read constantly so they pull him put the backup in I start to get hope Syracuse is coming back I get hope and then just mayhem more turnovers Notre Dame wins I hated it Syracuse, you're fake. Get out. Um, never come back. Wake Forest, NC State's whatever. I don't care. It's a rivalry game. Yeah. I, I'm just, I'm excited for the day. So I'm, I'm not excited going for a rivalry. This time. I'm, I'm, I'm only going five. I'm not going to move a 55-inch TV from the other room in, uh, or an, an additional one. I'll still have okay. two 55s. But, well, um, that sounds like a good. good setup. Yeah. It'll be good. So you wanted to talk rankings. I know the college football playoff rankings come out Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about them. All right. My, my, are we going to start at six and go up? Is that how we want to do it? If you want. All right. My number six team right now is Alabama. I didn't put Alabama in my top six, mainly just out of spite. Okay. I, I say that. I put Clemson at six because I do think Clemson isn't as good as they usually are. Um, so I didn't think they needed to be any higher than six. And to leave Alabama out, I had to put Clemson here. Okay. I have Michigan five. Um, and this is mainly because I just don't believe in Michigan. They they beat Penn State worse than Ohio state did sure so in my mind i had to put michigan ahead of ohio state but i'm not there yet i'm at number five with tcu that's the highest ranked uh big 12 team they're gonna have their test this week but i i am interested in them sitting there right on the outside ready to slip in there where michigan or ohio state playing in the final week could knock one of them out or you know if a loser of the georgia tennessee game 
um, loses another game, something like that. So I, I'm interested in having them right on the outside looking in. I'd rather see TCU slipping in there than Clemson or Alabama. So that's why I have TCU there. Okay. I've got Ohio State three. This is my highest team from the Big Ten. I just think um, I just think they're better. I got Ohio State number four because oh I, I skipped had... over TCU. Whoops, I have TCU four. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you got TCU four, and I just talked about TCU, and you yep. probably have similar reasons. I have Ohio State number four because I have Michigan number three. They beat Penn State worse than Michigan did. Um, I don't really care about Notre Dame beating Notre Dame the first week of the season for Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got Michigan ahead of them and at number three. So Ohio State four, Michigan three. Okay. Um, I've got Georgia two. I do think Georgia is an excellent football team, but I think body of work, you look at who Tennessee's beat, you look at who Georgia's beat, Tennessee's more impressive. I think I... I have Tennessee two and I have Georgia one. I think it's probably is some 2021 bias there. Georgia's sure. coming off a national championship. I don't think me doing that is that irregular for poll makers and ranking doers. So I have Georgia first, knowing they're playing this week, Tennessee has a chance to go in there and knock them off and they can be number one all they want. I, I will say, and I, I didn't say this point a second ago, I think the loser of this game, as long as it's somewhat close, you know, within, you know, 10 or something, I'm not going to drop them that far. No. Especially if Tennessee loses to Georgia at Georgia and they're, you know, within spitting distance. I'm not going to drop them that far. I'm not going to drop them below Alabama. You know, maybe I move a big 10 team or two up in front of them, but I'm not going to drop them that far. So I I know no matter what they do on Tuesday night with these polls, with this – it's going to be Georgia one and Tennessee two, or, you know, in whichever order, because everybody wants that a one, two matchup this week. And it deserves to be, I think your three, four is probably what the committee's going to have too. I, I do. I think Ohio state will be three and Michigan will be four because of recency okay. bias. I think yeah. your one and two is probably right too, for the same reason. Why do you have TCU number four? When Cause I think they're better the than Michigan, 12. but you hate the big 12. Uh, I think the big 12 is better this year because Oklahoma is not good. <laughs> uh, when well, Oklahoma is not the best one, you think it's a better conference. <laughs> maybe. Um, but I do think top to bottom, the big 12 is probably better than the big 10. So I, that's why I have only one big 10 team in. He's just, I, it just always hurts me with the big 12 when you get these crazy games with no defense. And I know people start throwing stats at you with the SEC and you get these high-scoring games in the SEC, And but why does the Big 12 always get slammed for their lack of defense when the SEC has the same kind of thing happen? But, like, just to me, it just seems in those bigger games more often, it's just it, you, these scores are just running out of control. And I just don't, I don't feel that from the SEC as much. So I just have a hesitant in a conference that I feel like defense is optional. Um, I would say in the big 10 to a degree, it's only, it's only, I have them one spot out of the playoff and I want them to get in. I just don't have them there right now. Yeah. And I would say in a lot of the big 10 offense is optional. In fact, well, it's not, it's don't play it. (laughs) So, (laughs) um, that, that would be my counter. And I, but Michigan, Michigan's been putting up numbers and uh, Michigan, Ohio state's been putting up. So yeah, that's fair. All right. Okay. All right. I, yeah, 
I hear you. Also talking about TCU being on 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 uh, upset alert against Texas Tech, who's but I think Texas Tech is good. No, I think they're underrated. I think they're a really good four and four team. Now, here's the good news. (laughs) (laughs) That's a quote right there. Yeah, (laughs) they're a really good four and four. They're a really good four and four team. Um, (laughs) That being said, what's going to hurt Texas Tech is the fact that they don't have a win on the road. So I think TCU probably does win that game. But when I look at TCU, Baylor. When I look at TCU, when I look at K State, when I look at Oklahoma State, when I look at Baylor, Texas at times it's looked okay. Um. Yeah, I think. Give me your Big Ten, Ohio State, Michigan. I don't. I don't. I, I'm not in love with the Big Ten either. I just know one of those two teams is going to finish in front. I, I mean, that's. I just. I wanted to pick on you about TCU. I'm really not tearing you apart on that. I. 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 I have TCU one spot different than you, so I don't. Like we're, we're you're we're talking about the same six or seven teams on both of these polls. And here's the other reason I would put TCU. I mean, they're right outside. They were talking about the same team. Yeah, here's here's the other reason I would put TCU. TCU is 4-0 against teams in the AP Top 25. Michigan has played one. It's Penn State. Okay. Yeah. But how come you have then, why do you have Michigan behind Ohio State? Two spots behind them. Because Ohio State's played two. Are you counting Notre Dame? I guess they are counting Notre Dame. Yeah, then I then that's why I disagree. <laughs> they'll beat Illinois they, too. They beat Penn State worse. Like after they beat ago. after they beat Michigan, they'll beat Illinois too. Man, the Big Ten West, honestly. I know we could say the same about the coastal, but this coastal is a, this is the reason you don't have divisions. I do think the Big Twelve has that right. Just take your two best teams and have them play. Well, that's what we're going to have. Michigan, Ohio State, then have them play again. That's what the ACC is going to have, and Big Ten will wake up. Yeah. It is better. I do like when, like, there's a route, like, here's the path to our going to the ACC championship game. I've gotten used to that. I liked it because we used to do it all the time. But, like, well, it's better for but the But back conference. then, the Coastal was the, the better conference, which is the crazy yeah. part. Yeah. the Yeah, the Atlantic, you know. Was the downside of the division. Yeah, they kept putting Boston College up, and we kept knocking them down. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, college football is gonna be awesome this weekend. I can't wait to talk about it next week, and it's gonna set up a great weekend the week after too. NFL. Do you watch much of that? Uh, I watched a lot of the one o'clock window, and I watched a good portion of the four thirty window, and then I got really mad at the Giants. Um, <laughs> the Giants. Ruined going across country and their their schedule has kind of been. They ruined what would have been a great day. I didn't even need them to win. I just needed them to not lose by ten, and they lose by thirteen because they give up a touchdown and then they can't score. Um, so the Giants are dead to me. The Jets, wow, that was a bad loss. Um, Zach Wilson's not any good. Early he was doing all right, but then he just fell. But then he. It's like somebody, yeah. like Virginia Tech in the fourth quarter, somebody woke them up and were like, what are you doing? And they're like, oh, yeah, I forgot. It's like that they were just, like, not thinking, and they were just doing so well. And then someone's like, wow, you're doing really good. And they started thinking about what they've been doing, and that's when it all fell apart. It's like they, they yeah. became conscious, and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm Zach Wilson. And it was just pick city. And, oof. I... <clears throat> 
let me say this too. I know the Eagles just whooped up on your Steelers. I know there are plays in that game where the Eagles, I, I, I don't know what it is, Leland. I just don't buy them. I know they're 7-0. and I just, that's not the team going to the Super Bowl from the NFC. I, that's all I know. Who is? I don't know, but it's not the Eagles. Maybe it's the I'm Vikings. Them. I think they're fun to watch when I've seen them, except for when they're playing the Steelers. I, I didn't have that much fun when that was happening. <laughs> but, like, they generally are fun to watch. Like, the Bills, I like they're fun to watch this year. Like, the Bills seem to be having a great time last night beating up on uh, Green Bay. Like, I don't know. I, I'm not against the Eagles as much as I usually am. I usually am generally against Philadelphia sports. But, like, something about this group, and I, I guess, like, I – not that I'd like Alabama quarterbacks, but like everybody was so down on him, uh, hurts at Philadelphia and he, he's getting it done right now. So, and two was generally getting it done down in Miami too. So like yeah. both those guys had a bad off season of just getting heat and both of them stepping up. I mean, I know Tua has been out with some injury and stuff and you question if he even should be back from that, but he is back and he, he plays pretty good. So I, I don't know. I, I'm just not as against the Eagles as I usually am. The games he this starts. Terrell Owens Eagles here. Yeah. The games he <laughs> starts and finishes without, you know, blunt head force trauma, the Dolphins have won. Yeah. I didn't really watch much of it. It was a bad, it was a bad football weekend for me. So uh, next weekend I'll make up for it. <sighs> yeah. I don't know. And, and that... Um, I don't know if I will. Honestly, like, as I watch the Bengals get killed, yeah. I let me tell you this. Eagles fans, you better win it this year because I think you're the Bengals next year. I think you're a team that's a little bit lucky. You're playing a pretty cake schedule because you were at the bottom of, of that division. Of you were at the yeah. bottom of that division, so you draw the easy portion of the schedule. Next year, you're going to draw the hard portion, portion of the schedule because you're going to win the NFC East. And then we get to see if you're really good. I think we're going to find out some things. Maybe so. I'll, I okay. I... One more thing before we jump off here. What is your take on this Russell Wilson? I I don't. Oh, I'm not a fan. Yeah, I know I he wins. And so, Dude, like, everyone's I've like, oh, ha, ha, Oh, ha, ha, ha. You know, he did the Broncos country. Let's ride thing. And it's funny now that he won. It's not. It's not. No, it's. It's cringe. And the, so the thing on the cringe. field cringe is the right word. The yeah. thing on the field before the game. Super cringe. Given given the week that he had leading up. Just so because here's the thing. I just think it's fake. I don't buy him. I think he's fake. I, I thought I've said this on it's the podcast. All I I it's all show. I don't like him. I don't like Russell Wilson. Yeah. I never liked him. I didn't like him at NC State. I didn't like him at I didn't Wisconsin. mind him in college. I didn't, I didn't mind him in Seattle because I didn't no, know. He just wasn't as show, I guess. I didn't, I've never I didn't, liked him. And he's out of Richmond. And I like I should like him. He's from know. Virginia. And I've never liked him. I've never liked him. I thought I've defended this before. Maybe. But I think in Seattle, I just didn't realize. I didn't see this much of it. And now I'm seeing too much. And look at Pete Carroll, what he's doing with Geno Smith. I mean, my that guy's a better coach than I thought he was. Yeah. 
He is. Yeah, he's doing good things. With I Geno. mean, they have a winning record that's better than I thought they could do with Geno Smith. They are leading that division, which is surprisingly bad. The yeah. NFC East is really good, huh? You know, everybody was so down on the NFC. Was it two years ago when everybody was not good? And it's like that division can just change overnight. I mean, like, right? What is it right now? Everybody would be in the playoffs. Like, all no, Washington. Washington is just outside. Just out. Okay. I thought that additional playoff spot had them in or something, but I, I thought I heard that last night. But I okay, so they're all right there. I, I don't know. It's not like Washington's going to stay there. I, oh I wait, that, I forgot. There's how many teams make it? Seven. seven. Yeah, I think the 49ers have a tiebreaker. Okay. Well, anyway, it's just weird that that's even the case. Um, but I don't know. I didn't think Dallas was going to be very good this year. They're better than I thought. Um, the Giants, obviously, way better than anybody thought. So, all right. I didn't watch baseball either. I know it's 1-1. Uh, Verlander ended up getting hit a bit on Friday night, but and then they ended up losing that game. Uh, but then they came back and won game two. Got rained out Monday night, so uh, it pushes the whole schedule. And now all I heard last week was that baseball holds the world series for the TV windows. So it optimizes. So they don't have to go up against football. And that's why we're waiting from Sunday to Friday to start this thing when they could have started on Tuesday night and had Tuesday, Wednesday, and then picked up their schedule of Friday, Saturday, I guess it'd be Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but it still is going to produce a lot of, you know, windows, not opposite of the NFL. When out rain delay on the rain postponement on Monday, pushes the whole schedule basically one day and now they up against the NFL on Thursday up against the NFL on Sunday. So it's just, it's like we waited all week last week for nothing. I will say if you have to pick a day to be against the NFL, Thursday's a Thursday's better than, yeah, it's a pretty good day to do it. And I think it's like game seven if it's Sunday. So, uh, you know, you're, you're still up against the NFL, but at least it's going to be like a game seven situation. Like you're going to put your I think being up against college number. football is not great either. Well, I mean, they rather go up against college football than I mean, you got to go up against something. You can't be off all weekend. Like, I you would. Gotta, you can't. Yeah, sure. I I would. Why not? <laughs> You've made terrible decisions everywhere else. Why not just say for the sake of ratings ahead of the weekend? And do yeah, that. I did and too. I but did you can't too. do it in the middle. You can't take three days off in the middle of it. You could take Saturday, Sunday. I'd play on Monday. I'd run that risk, but I'd, I would miss Saturday, Sunday. Up against Peyton and Eli? Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> against Cleveland, Cincinnati. I think they would have done okay. They were supposed to. They were. They were scheduled to play tonight. That's what I'm saying. I <laughs> I liked it. I plan. liked it being Monday against already tonight. The plan. Yeah, but now they're done because the Phillies don't have a dome. Yeah, the Yankees would have won if tonight. If yeah, had a and dome. John, calm down. I'm not actually criticizing the Phillies for not having a dome. It's fine. <laughs> Weather happens. It's cool. Something tells me John didn't jump out of his chair when he. Um, <laughs> that's probably fair. I don't think John jumps out of his chair at a lot of stuff he's, we do. He's pretty level-headed every time he comes on here with us. He just sits back and listens to us yell at each other. Um. All right. So the reason I didn't watch a lot of sports this weekend, um, I had built up a lot of like I had really watched the 
heck out of football this season. Like I've brought three or four TVs in the living room every single weekend. Uh, most every weekend, at least from like two o'clock on, I was worthless and just watching college football. So I needed the I needed to you know focus on the family this weekend, and we had a big Halloween party with some you know friends and uh, family and neighbors coming up, and we had a great time. I'm not big on Halloween. I really don't like Halloween. Uh, my mom reminded me of a good story that she was hoping I wouldn't tell on the podcast of my niece who was at this party when she was little, she was at the Stanton mall and the boy Scouts had a nice uh, haunted little haunted house thing. They had one of the empty stores and they turned it into a haunted house and she goes in it and it, it got to her. It, it messed with her. She was four, four or five. Okay. <laughs> Get your bleep button ready. She no, 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 no. He comes out crying and she goes, I don't like bleeping Halloween <laughs> and right in front of everybody of the Boy Scouts. So I did want to get that story. And I'm glad my mom reminded me of that. Um, and that's how I feel about Halloween. I'm just not into it. My dad, uh, when I was young, kind of let me out of it because it was my mom had to work at nights and it was, you know, Halloween was during the week in my second grade year. And he's like, do you really want a costume? Do you really want to do all this? And I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. And so we got a pizza just for me. We stopped at one relative's house and got candy and went home. And that was the new Halloween tradition. So uh, I've been, I rode that train growing up uh, in college, took part in Halloween activities because you have to when you're in college. I feel like there's, you know, you, you have to go out, but I've never gotten into it, too into it other than one year. Yeah, you're laughing. Um, see, see. Uh, uh, so, and then, you know, being in an adult relationship, uh, Halloween came back around and, and sure. my wife uh, has made me pair up costumes with her, but it's turned into a really a fun thing. As a family, we do a costume pretty much every year. Last year, I think we were a little more separated, um, but uh, this year we were home alone. And uh, if you follow me on Facebook, you can see pictures of this. Um, but we were, uh, I was Harry, she was Marv. So we went back to our Dwight and uh, Jim days where both of us are dudes. Um, but we were the two robbers from Home Alone. Our uh, little boy was uh, Kevin. And then the uh, daughters were the neighbor with a trash can that apparently kills people, but then turns out nice. And the other daughter was the crazy bird lady from the second movie that is scary, but then turns out nice. So it was a nice costume. My wife just, she puts all that together and it was awesome. Um, so we were pretty happy about that. The kids loved that, but we had the nice party. Other people came over and they're awesome costumes. Uh, it's, it's kind of our trick or treat replacement. So we don't have to go to stranger land and get candy from strangers. We can just be at our house and everybody we know has the candy and we hand out a bunch of candy um, and they play little games, you know, putting into a, a hole and throwing the brain on a something and fishing behind something, you know, six, seven little games, get a bunch of candy. Kids had a blast. So then we did haunted rides. That was fun. The neighbor let me drive his ATV and we took uh, spooky rides and we had some people popping out at different places and some uh, decorations set up in some areas. So a lot of fun. Uh, I like our new Halloween tradition. It's a bit of work. It's a, you know, throwing a party for, you know, 20 kids, but uh, it's fun. It was fun. And that's what kept me from watching college football on Saturday. 
But like I said, I had already used up a lot of my college football watching uh, credit. And so, uh, but now I'm, I'll be back next week and ready to go. That's good. Yeah, that sounded like a good time. It looked like a good time in the pictures. And I'm glad you guys were able to do that. One question, were you the sticky bandits or the wet bandits? We were the stick. We were the wet bandits. Wet okay. bandits are for the first one. We she had the iron on her face. Yeah. See, print. I thought that was the first one, and I couldn't remember yeah. if they were wet or sticky bandits in the first. Uh, one. We are. We very much know Home Alone movies. Uh, you know, we're quoting lines year round, and uh, so it was. It was right in the ballpark. Far we've had other good ones. We did. My favorite one was when we did Twister, and uh, my one daughter was like, we made a tomato cage and put all this gray on it. And it, she looked like a tornado. It was awesome. And then uh, the boy was wild bill. And we had his little wagon looking like the red truck from the movie. And my other daughter was the lead uh, Helen Hunt's character. Mm-hmm. I was the burnout with like the Oklahoma hat with the long hair. And uh, my wife, she usually has to just be like the old lady. Like she was the old grandma in that movie. When we were Fox and the Hound. she was the old lady. And, uh, Charles Webb, she was the old, oh, oh no, she, I think she was a spider in Charles Webb. Uh, but yeah, so we've had some good ones, um, but this was fun too. Good. I guess it's braggy, like we have good costumes. It's my wife. My wife does it all. I just put on what she tells me to put on. Yeah. Well, and she's a great artist and a great creative person, so it's not surprising yeah. that you don't have anything to do with that. Um, no. I'm glad it was a good time, though. I put the pants on that she tells me to put on. I just... <laughs> it is easier. Like, it was, this was pretty easy because, like, I had, like, a toboggan with some feathers kind of attached to it, like, after the feathers get all over his face. And uh, that it was, was a pretty easy I was going to say, I was looking at your costume. And I was like, yours looks the easiest, which is not It was easy. She had to do a lot of makeup because she was going, you know, trying she was to look going like, for the iron, which uh, was a great. Oh, my gosh. I will say, I saw the pictures. She, I was like, that is fabulous craftsmanship took an iron and painted it and shoved it on her face like i've watched her do it three days in a row (laughs) see i will say this as a person who i know if it's not plugged in it can't hurt you i guess i've seen too many movies like where the paranormal gets involved and it still burns your face i'd be terrified i'd be like uh I don't know about this. I don't think she paints it, leaves the room for a half an hour, and then comes back in and does. It's pretty, pretty right on. <laughs> yeah, but you never know, man, with those ghosts. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that the costumes looked great. Um, Thank you. I'm glad you guys had a good time. Uh, so, what was dominating my life? I was watching some Halloween themed stuff. Um, so. I said last week that I did not care for the ending of The Midnight Club. I watched The Watcher, which is also on Netflix. Um, I thought that was a much better... It's like a limited series kind of deal. Um, I thought that was a much... I liked, I enjoyed that much better than uh, The Midnight Club. The ending is like it's... And the mystery still hasn't been solved. I think I solved the mystery. Um, but that's whatever. Um... I liked it. I hope they don't do another one. Um, on the bad side again, the reason I'll just let you know now, the reason we had to wait a little later to record tonight, I was in the middle of watching another Halloween movie, the new Hellraiser movie that they put on Hulu. That movie sucks. Ah. 
that movie sucks. I should have just done what I was doing the weekend leading up, which was just watching what we do in the shadows, catching up on that on uh, Hulu FX. Cause that's funny and a much better show than that was a movie. Hellraiser stinks. Don't watch that. If you haven't watched that movie, don't, oh, well. don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So last week we, um, didn't do more walk-ups, but we're going to do them this week, and I want to do more next week. So this week and next week, more walk-ups, and then that's it. I I want other people Jeff, in there. John, Jeff, Jeff, got it. It's it's go time here. Yeah, he's gonna have some good ones too. He's gonna have the ones I really respect. You'll probably I know. Get trash. I'll no, like. here's the thing. I've got some just, and I my fear is I'm gonna have to unveil them next week. Um, I just, I don't know. I'm scared to unleash them on the audience, but. I've brought the heat so far, so I don't know what you're scared of. I thought the first week, I thought all of ours were really good. I still like mine. Yours are good. Um, I went with a theme this week. So this week I went with a theme and. I was going to say, I try because here's my mindset when I go into this and then you do your themes. I try to pick something that's a little, each one's a little different because I need a different mindset each at bat as the game goes on. I I hear you on that. I think last week I had some of that in mind Mm -hmm. this week. I, I I started this list and I, I went it for a theme. I also set myself up for next week to kind of a little be kind of, everything's going to be a little off the wall. So that's, that's how I built this up. Okay. Uh, So this week, my number one, uh, just to get things going, it's a lead off man song all the way. Joe Budden, pump it up. It's from the, uh, too fast, too furious soundtrack. Just a great song to get get some energy in the room. Your leadoff man comes up, Joe Budden going. You're gonna be good to go. I didn't realize that's what it was from. That makes me hate it. Um, I mean, it just that's when it came out. Like they used it in that movie. It's, I mean, I don't know where else to find it. It's not like Joe Budden's album was some kind of known thing. <laughs> I would have been better off if you just hadn't mentioned Too Fast, Too Furious. Um, I picked a Timmy Trumpet song, not the Timmy Trumpet song that people are familiar with. It's called Freaks. It's been out for a while. Yeah, um, it's familiar. I I just like that song. All right. So I like the beat two, behind it. Yeah, go ahead. Number two, I have more of the same genre here. I have Dr. Dre, the next episode. Um, just the, mm-hmm. Just the tune line to it is is great i don't even need the words for that song i i actually what i had on my spotify playlist for this was just the the music of it because it just kind of sets a tone as you walk up to bat so I, that's what i went with there yeah that could be said for freaks i mean the the words are fine but i don't need them for what i'm going to do um yeah my second one is how you like me now by the heavy um i think you would recognize that song if you i do okay yeah that's a great song uh that would definitely be the song I play right before I hit it over uh, the right field wall at Yankee Stadium when I go oppo poppo. Well, you don't even have to be that heavy for it. Um, 50 Cent, uh, and I guess this is actually technically a Lil so- Kim song, but I just need the opening with the 50 Cent <laughs> opening because I know what you can say. Like, what he's saying, probably referencing something else, I would think. But probably. if you apply it to hitting – it works just the same. Fair. So uh, 50 cent portion of magic stick. Um, and, you know, he can hit once. He can hit twice, you know? Yeah. 
Definitely he's talking about baseball. Um, Definitely. No doubt. No doubt. My walk-off song is going to be Hail to the King by Avenged Sevenfold. Um, that's the different, it's, again, different mindset than the other two uh, completely. This is actually probably, this is about, about as close to metal as I ever want to get, is this song. I guess that and Enter Sandman for some people. I don't know. That's probably rock and roll, though. Uh, Metallica's bordering. Yeah. Bordering. Pretty solid. That's that's as close as I want to get. Those two. Um. All right. So bullpen coming out. Uh, this is where I go. Eminem till I collapse. It's just it's a song that just brings a lot of energy. Um, just kind of dominant. And then the words from this, I it, that's what I it really helps with this. And like, he's talking about rapping, but like, you know, applying that to the mindset of what you're doing, coming into the, to the baseball game. Like I'm not going to stop until I collapse, you know? And, and I just, I like the vibe of that song for a reliever coming in the game. So Eminem till I collapse. Sure. I don't need that. Cause I'm not going to be collapsing. I'm playing the sweetest victory um, because we're about to win the game when I come in. There you go. Some Rocky. It it won't make it. Yeah, that's from the Rocky Four soundtrack, which is great. Um, I It won't make it, so I'll just say it now. On the outside looking in for the bullpen, turn out the lights, the party's over. <laughs> All right. So, like we said, next week we got to have some interaction here. I'm going to call some other people out specifically directly. Love for this it. but uh john you should have some too man jeff and john are both going to give us great ones so i, I jeff don't know and john should i'm yeah i'm trying to nail down uh rob ron and see what he's got too oh his will be stupid <laughs> uh, he's gonna have some 80s nonsense that we don't really need here i tell like, you what though there's some good 80s songs you could throw in as batter intros though <laughs> wake me up before i go go is this not no be- that would not be one of them you're right though <laughs> that's he is, that's he's Rob's gonna throw that he's gonna probably throw something like that in but he's there's some, some 80s, some 80s frat music in here that's what i predict wow okay well i can't wait to get the answer <laughs> all right so if you are still listening to us you'll know next week that we will be back back with Wrapping up the regular season for the high school football, teeing everything up for these playoffs. We're going to have uh, a nice amount of teams in the playoffs. I guess five teams, uh, two, three, four, five teams in the playoffs. Uh, so that'll be great. We'll be telling you where they're going to be playing, who they're going to be matched up with. Um, and we'll also have be done with regionals for volleyball. So we'll have plenty of postseason to talk about next week. We also have to set you up for the NCAA basketball season that's going to start. We're not going to have – Anybody coming on for our NCAA uh, preseason, we'll save that to talk to Barber about during hate week when UVA and Tech play. But we'll get you going here to set up November uh, for this basketball because it gets going uh, the night before election. So a week from next uh, – or it'll start when we're recording next week. Mm-hmm. So uh, we got to be ready for that. So make sure you're following us so you get all the updates from our podcast at Yak Sports Pod on Twitter or Facebook or emailing us yaksportspod at gmail contacting us through any of those venues with your walk-up songs are is fully acceptable make sure you 
are subscribed to us. Make sure your friends are subscribed to us on Podbean, Apple, Google, and Spotify. And come back next week as we have plenty to talk about of the sports that matter to you, the Augusta County sports fan. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.